Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Fight Night Live from the Echo Arena, Liverpool, on TalkSport. Good evening, you're listening to TalkSport. This is Fight Night Live from the Echo Arena in Liverpool. I hope you are well. Thank you so much for your time this tonight. We are going to get stuck into uh, all sorts uh, over the next couple of hours. Lots of boxing chat, but in particular, we are going to be talking mixed martial arts and the UFC because we are in town for the first time ever this franchise has come to uh, uh, Merseyside uh, to celebrate one of its rising stars, Darren Till, uh, who has beaten Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Unanimous decision. Um, and hopefully, we're going to try our very best by the end of this show uh, to get our hands on the gorilla himself for a little bit of a chat. <laughs> Dana White's in town. We'll try and get a hold of him as well. Uh, we're also going to be talking to Tony Bellew and various other people uh, in the world of boxing. But right now, first section of the show, I think myself and Gareth there, Davis, should concentrate on mixed martial arts and the UFC and, the, and, and in particular, Darren Till and his rise, his rise uh, to superstardom. Because tonight, yep. beating the number one in the division yep. underneath the champion mm-hmm. in, uh, uh, in Stephen Thompson, he has propelled himself into uh, a certain pool of fighter now. He's pay-per-view. I think that might be the last time that we see him on these shows. He's pay-per-view. He's going to Vegas. I think so. I agree with you. I mean, we saw 25 minutes, Adam, of kind of, I would say, MMA chess. Mm. Uh, Darren Till played the Wonderboy, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson game. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson is a beautiful mover. It was like, it was fighting ballet in many ways. Um, and it was very, very close. I mean, I mean, you could have scored that fight. 48-47 to Thompson as well. Mm. Um, you could have given four rounds to Thompson to one round yeah, yeah. to Darren Till. But, you know, home support, the home crowd, every time he let anything go, the crowd erupted. And I think, you know, what Till did brilliantly, I thought he was going to bull rush a little bit more than he did, but he dropped Thompson in the fifth round, which yep. was emphatic, um, and really held his nerve the whole time. He looked a much bigger man in there, I hasten to add. Yeah. But that was um, a brilliantly poised uh, display by Darren Till. I mean, the atmosphere was off the charts. It wasn't real. Sweet Caroline for him to change, walk change. In. By the way, on that, um, he, I've made a big thing about this all week on uh, TalkSport that I was looking forward to the In the Air Tonight by Phil Collins, the old drum solo, which is his normal walkout music. And if you remember, Terry Etten used to walk out to that. And it was like a moment tonight where Darren wanted to take ownership of him bringing the UFC to Liverpool. The change of the ring walk music, he changed it to, obviously, Neil Diamond. The crowd was singing it pumping it out. It was like 
Was yeah, it Anthony Joshua night? Well, it was, well, like, it was, yeah, like, it was similar absolutely. to that. Listen, we, we know him and we've been following him for a period of time, all right? But there'll be people out there that will have tuned in to find out what the hype is all about tonight. And just the ring walk, octagon walk, whatever you want to call it, alone. There'd have been a lot of excitement at home. They'd have been sat there going, who is this kid? Yeah. What, what's all this about? Well, all these great fighters have a great narrative. I mean, he beat up a guy called Donald uh, Cowboy Cerrone in mm-hmm. Poland which elevated him to this contest with the number one uh, UFC welterweight challenger in the world. Obviously, there's the champion, Tyron Woodley. Let's hope Darren Till gets a challenge against Tyron Woodley in Las Vegas, because there's no doubt 10,000 Scousers would travel over to the T-Mobile Arena. But this is a guy with a great backstory. You know, he was here in Liverpool. He was 19 years old. He got involved in a, in a brawl with a group of men. He was stabbed in the back, very close, millimetres from, from splitting open an artery, and he would have lost his life. I want to mention Colin Heron, yeah. the, the founder of Cabon um, Mixed Martial Arts at this point. Cabon means Heron, by the way. Colin's been around in the sport many, many years. I've known him for many years. He's been a mentor. He's been a coach, a trainer, a father. So many things to so many fighters in Liverpool, and he was to Darren Till. He packed him off to Brazil. Yeah. He learned Scouse well, 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 Portuguese. He, he realised, Colin, he, what wonderful foresight that yeah. is, because he's realised that Darren's obviously got a wonderful talent and maybe being led down a different path by the social circles that he was keeping, and he sent him off to Brazil. Now, fair play to Darren at 19, 20 years of age, to up sticks, to leave your home city, to leave everything that you know, to go and live in Brazil when you don't speak the language and immerse yourself in the culture, not only that, but the fighting culture as well. I mean, that, that just tells you about the character of the guy, doesn't it? Yeah, he went over there at 19, but he, I think what happened was, you know, so often in this country, we see young fighters in mixed martial arts get to a certain point, and then they need a ground game, they need mm. wrestling, they might have had judo, but they need wrestling or they need jiu-jitsu. And I think... He got this confidence in being there four years. He won his first 12 fights in Brazil on smaller hall promotions. I think he fell in love with a girl there. He's not with her anymore. But he, he kind of had a life He's got a there. child out there, hasn't he? He yeah. has got a child his out, there. out there. But, yeah. he, but I think he, he really grew up. You, you, you put a guy in, in the favelas in, in, in Brazil at the age of 19, and they're in the, you know, those gyms are tough. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, he got his, he did his university education, shall university we say, of in mixed life. martial yeah, exactly. arts. Absolutely. University of life. He's what? He's, in 20, Brazil. he's 24, he's 25, 25 now, now yeah. right? Yeah. And he is way beyond his years maturity-wise. The way that he's thinking, the way that you, when you talk to him, he's not like a normal 25-year-old bloke. Absolutely right. And, but, but not only that about him. What I love about Till, Adam, is the self-belief. Yeah. There's a... There's a, there's a there's a touch of the Conor McGregor's there. Yeah. I'm going to do this. I'm going to make it come true. He made that happen tonight. It was yeah. a very close fight. The judges, two judges scored that four rounds to one. No, there's no chance. Well, and it, that's but, not disrespect to Darren. But the judges saw it. But not he for me. He carried that yeah, yeah. crowd. Yeah, yeah. He carried that yeah, crowd with him. They went behind him. He's visualizing a dream. I did an interview with him on Thursday, mm-hmm. and he said nothing's going to stop me. And, you know, I had it very close. I could have given that three rounds to I had it three rounds. Boy. I had it three two to Darren all on that last yeah, round. Yeah. And he did the business in the last round because he put he him did, down, didn't he? He did put him down. Um, he is now on the cusp of becoming we've, uh, a big star. We've had Michael Bisping. Yeah. We had Dan Hardy yeah. coming up at the same time. And we had a few others trying to, to, to make their way through. Yeah. Conor McGregor came from Ireland. Yeah. And he changed the world, if you like. Brought a generation into the sport made hipsters have beards and wear three-piece suits and dress like Rupert the Bear. Um, Rupert the Bear's a big theme tonight. Yeah, it is, yeah. And this is the new guy, the working man's hero. 
Darren Till. That, he's the it. new Ricky Hatton. You've absolutely nailed it. Thank you very much. Tonight, no, legit- ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. Legitimately, tonight there was moments there where I was sat octagon side, just trying to soak in what was going on because there's a kid, 24, 25 years of age, fighting in his hometown for the first time in the UFC. He's attract- All these people have come out for him. They ain't come out for anybody else tonight. That's not disrespect to any other fighter. They've come out for him. There's all that pressure on his shoulders. He's doing. He's made that octagon walk, and I'm just looking around, and there was a touch of the Ricky Hatton. So when you said right at the start of this conversation about 10,000 scousers going over to, to Vegas, I reckon you're talking 20,000, mate. Yeah, you know? there'll be 10,000 outside watching oh, it in the ballrooms as they do. You know? there, there is, there's a real thing now with yeah. Darren Till. He has got that hometown working-class hero. He's the normal bloke on the street. We're just the phenomenal talent. And like you said, the next one is Vegas. There's no question about that for me. When we get him on later, I'm going to m- ask him to mind his language, though, because that dump button's going to be well used if he's going to carry on. We might not be able to get him on it. We might not be able to. If you've watched the, this on the TV this evening, you will have seen his, uh, his post-fight interview. Uh, and well, you probably didn't get to hear anything, really, uh, because, uh, <laughs> because it was all probably censored or bleeped. Huh? Do, do you know what's funny? I mean, what... What's brilliant for us being in this position and watching the rise of young people? You know, we get older. You know, Darren's younger than my children. Um, But what I loved this week was hearing him say how he, his, he's. This is a quote. He owes his life to his coach. He's closer to Colin than he is to anyone else in his life. This is his coach. I owe everything to him. He's a mentor. This is a life relationship. If I didn't make it in fighting, I had nothing to fall back on. Mm. But I believe in myself so much. I am going to carry my country, my city, and the sport with me. Amazing. It's an amazing story. Mm. Uh, We are coming to you live from uh, the Echo Arena uh, in Liverpool tonight, where UFC Liverpool has taken place. um, And Darren Till has uh, has cemented his name as one of the elite welterweights in the world uh, by beating uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. You can hear in the background uh, a few interviews going off because we are currently in the media room. Everybody's here uh, waiting for the gorilla himself. And hopefully at some point in this show you're going to hear him. We're going to try and grab Dana. We're going to try everything for you on, uh, on our UFC thing. However, coming next, um, we caught up with Tony Bellew a little earlier on because he brought his boy to the, uh, the show. He got a great reception on the big screen, did Tony, didn't he? Yes. Uh, we caught up with him a little earlier on. We had a chat with him, and you can hear that conversation about him and his fandom for MMA and what's next for him in the boxing ring next on TalkSport. This is Fight Night Live. Uh, you listen to TalkSport. This is uh, Fight Night Live. Obviously, we are in uh, Liverpool at the Echo Arena for uh, UFC Liverpool. Myself and Gareth Davis, which you're going to be hearing for the next couple of hours or so, so make sure you stick with us. And they let all type of reprobates into events like this. I tell you, you know what I mean? Just because he's the, technically the mayor of Liverpool. <laughs> the, <laughs> Very good. The, they've allowed him in octagon side for a little bit of action Reprobate. tonight. Reprobate. Reprobate. Big word for me, that, innit, Sonny? Uh, can you spell it? <laughs> <laughs> Tony Bell, you're great to have you, mate. And you brought your oldest boy, yes. who last time I saw... Last time I saw you, Corey, you were obviously at Goodison Park. He must have been about two foot smaller, mate. What, what have you been feeding him? He's massive now. He's Look at the size foot. of this lad. Yeah. Are you, is he one of your sparring partners? He's, no, he's, no, he's, he's too tough for me. <laughs> so, uh, but he's here because he's a big UFC fan, yeah? Yeah, he loves the UFC. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to bring along. This is the first ever UFC event I've ever attended. So uh, I've finally got myself here and I've... Uh, I'm amazed at the setup. The setup was fantastic. It's unreal, isn't it? It, it, oh, it's, it's funny, it's you know, because, to- you know, obviously been carrying Tony's career for following Tony's career and writing about it for years and years and before I ever get any chance to speak to him about boxing because he knows I've done UFC for years or MMA for years his first question is always who's going to win out of that what's happening with that what's happening with Woodley so when Darren Till came along Mm. 
it's kind of a natural fit, isn't it, Perfect. for the whole city? Mm. Ten years yeah. in the making. It's yeah. incredible, really. It's just come now, Tony. It is because we've had such great fights in the city. Terry Etham uh, grew up literally 300 metres from my house. The year. I were both products of Lodden's Road, and uh, mm. it, it's just it, uh, the only difference with Terry and Darren is is one. You know, they're both amazing fights, but one talks, one doesn't. And then <laughs> that, that, that's, 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 that, that's just that's the difference. The only thing it is, and uh, it just needed someone to open the mouth. Back it up a little bit, and we get lift off in our city. In our city, and tonight is the perfect time, the perfect platform for Darren to come out and explode. If Darren does Wonder Boy tonight, this is—it's a statement. It, it's the kind of mm. statement that Conor McGregor made. I think it was Siva who he done, and he just yeah, that's Siva right. Brand- it was um, Diego Brandao in Dublin, mm. wasn't yeah. it? And Siva in Boston, yeah. and Poirier in Vegas. Yeah. But it was—it was that fight that suddenly took him yeah. to the to next Vegas. level. Because he, he's on about fighting at Anfield. Dirty word for you, I know, mm. but. The, the key is, Darren Till wins tonight. They'll take him straight to Vegas to fight Woodley. Oh, and of course. 10,000 Scousers will be over there with him. And I cannot wait to be there. Oh, the you. thing, him and Woodley is, a, is an explosive matchup. And I think, I think Darren is the only fighter, in the, the only welterweight in the world that Woodley wouldn't want to stand with. Woodley stands and bangs yeah. with everyone. But mm-hmm. Woodley would not want to stand and bang with Darren Till. He would want to take him to the ground. Woodley's a better want. opponent uh, for Darren Till than Stephen Thompson, yeah, I think so. Oh yeah, better better style matchup for him. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it, I think it's a tougher one to deal with. But I think Woodley is so explosive and so fast on mm-hmm. the feet. You know, he comes in, he wrestles, he he's so fast the way he goes for the takedowns all the time. He's so explosive. For me, Wonderboy is a calculated. He measures and calculates. It's 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 perfect karate. Yeah, you know, the the legs, his leg, his footwork is unbelievable, but it's very precise and. When you face someone like Darren Till, who's so unorthodox and so he's unique, because he is. Yeah, his he style's unique. Yeah, his movements, his size. Well, he's unique in the fact that he speaks Portuguese, brilliant Portuguese with a scouse accent. Scouseguise, scouseguise, as we call it. Yeah, it's unbelievable when he first came out with it. He's fantastic at what he does. He really is. But you had a role with him or not? Oh no, I don't fancy any. We tried to get you in last week, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, we we took him down last week. Uh, I wish Cabon would have existed when I was younger, growing up, but it it just wasn't there. Do you think you'd have rolled and done jujitsu and all of that? You wouldn't have been a fat lad from from Liverpool then, would you? Started off kickboxing, Gareth. So (laughs) when I started off kickboxing with Alfie Lewis as a youngster. And uh, I just ended up putting a couple of people asleep with me hands and getting disqualified, and then that, that, that led me to the boxing gym. So, uh, it, it you know a natural progression. Like I just always wanted to cause damage. I wanted violence of of the the the, the roughest nature. And this sport would have been perfect for me when I was growing up. Mm. You know, I've got my eldest boy sitting here with me, and it frightens me. The thought, but he doesn't have the same mentality as he's I. He's going to be a brain surgeon, yeah, or, or, or a, he's a brain, chemist. He's, or a, he's a clever young boy, and he's he got looks his, clever. He's better looking he's than you. He's got his mother's looks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I wish he definitely doesn't look like his father. Is there uh, an extra uh, spring in the Bellew household today after what happened last night at the footy, mate? No, mate, there's not. Get out. Honest to God, there's no. not me. My brother's banners where that was all over the place yeah, yeah, in yeah. Kiev. So, yeah, yeah, apart, yeah. I don't listen. I'm not going to lie. A part of me was quite sad but a bigger part of me was happy yeah you know the, 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 I'd just say 75% was laughing his head off and 25% was very very sad for them especially when the goalie throws one in the back of the net oh mate what's he playing at? what's his game he, listen he, I, I, what I'll say right now is he will cattle he will never ever put a Liverpool goalkeeper shirt on ever again mm, I'm kid. telling you now he has just cost Liverpool Football Club 100 million pounds 100 million that's the revenue that that brings, that trophy. Mm. 100 million meters. Unbelievable. Corey, come on, mate. Who have you met? Who have you met? Octagon side. Have you uh, Dana White's Octagon side? Have you been in there? Have you got your selfie done yet or what? No. 
haven't met anyone like Come you. Come on, that's the mayor of Liverpool. He can get Don't you in there, lad. He can get it sorted. We're open to meet him soon. It'd be nice to meet him. Yeah, a little yes. tap on the shoulder. I'm a, I'm a big fan of what he's created here. I've been watching this a long time, mate. A mm. very long time. I remember watching Tito Ortiz having his feud with Ken Shamrock. Boss, yeah, just man. great TV. I remember watching the first Ultimate Fighter series. I remember watching Stefan Bonner and Forrest Griffin just knock 10 bells out of yep. each other and just thinking, oh my God, I wasn't this blown up. And then yeah. it did. Single and now it's in your city. Now it's here. It, it, this is what we need. We need we need an event here to catapult MMA in our city mm. because you wouldn't believe the amount of people who think UFC is is an actual yeah sport yeah, yeah rather yeah. than the fight league yeah yeah, yeah. You know, it, yeah. It, UFC is 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 it's an the event. franchise the brand yes. yeah 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 MMA is is the is the culture is the sport is the it's a way of life that until it's a way of life for him mm. and it is very 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 hard what he does to, to master so many different it's the decathlon of fight sports oh, isn't it's it really it's unbelievable yeah. I've seen how boxers don't really appreciate it because boxers have got a bit of a single minded mentality of lad we do the other sport in the world not in comparison yeah. no listen it does it does because you can't you can't try and master so many disciplines and, and navigate your way through them training sessions oh, I just don't know how they do it really but, the, but the nuance as we saw with when Conor McGregor fought Floyd Mayweather was mm. what the MMA fighter can do when they're in trouble mm. is is clinch go tie to the ground whereas, and tie up whereas the boxers are pulled apart remember so mm. there is there's a different mindset involved in it as well oh, you're working for a full five minutes you're full on aren't it's you a completely no, but what I mean is the, the, but the boxers separated the only so way, the, the, it's, you, there's the no hiding place in that the sense the only way that, that it can work and, and no boxer will ever get in the cage and beat any man who can wrestle. That's just not going to happen mm. unless you catch them with a freaky punch. So you can't really compare the two disciplines. I mean, if you had a boxer who could wrestle, you would you would have a pretty dangerous man. If you had a boxer who was, who was, a, who was a, a competent wrestler, it wouldn't, I'm not talking about, you know, uh, an, an AA, you know, outstanding wrestler. Yeah. But I'm talking just a competent wrestler. Mm. If you had a boxer who, could, who was a competent wrestler and he had some takedown defence and... You know, learn the basics of jujitsu, then you would have a very, well, very Tyron dangerous. Woodley, man. Isn't it? Well, it, that's Tyron Woodley, isn't it? Well, that's Tyron Woodley. He is. You know, he he's is. a pancreation fighter in many ways. Mm. You know, pancreation in the ancient Olympics mm. was boxing and wrestling, yes. mm. and the greatest fighters came out of that. You mm. know, in the ancient Olympics. But then Royce Gracie changed the law. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. exactly. When Royce Gracie came along, and he, and he you know, he, he showed the world jujitsu and what it was and what it was for, and it just, it, it just changed combat sports. Mm. It really, really did, and and it, it's, it, that this is what I'm saying. Oh, there's so many disciplines. That are being, that are having to be brought into play here, and it's so hard to master but, them all. But, but Wonder Boy is out of the Bruce Lee school, isn't yeah. he? Oh, he's, you he's, know? he's a karate expert, well, kickboxing, karate, whatever, you, whichever way you want to set it up. His legs are fantastic. They are. They really are. And what you've got to remember is to beat legs and that kind of thing, you've got to get close. Exactly. Yeah. But you, you run a very, very dangerous game. But that's game the exciting thing for tonight, though, isn't it? Of course, because Darren has to get close to one punch him. Yeah, yeah. Darren's left hand is the key, and Wonder Boy's. I would say the head kick is the key for him. So, mm. it is, so both of you guys have got to come in each other's range to catch each other with what you need to catch each other. That's, Edu- that's why you'd love MMA. Because you love that. Let's get in the range and let's have, a gun, let's have a gun I, show. I, like, I, I, if I was going to choose someone, I'd have to choose a striker and a pole wrestler. So Yeah, so you're going to fight Bispin then, yeah? He's a very good wrestler. Only on... Only on very side. underrated wrestler. You're right. You're right. Listen, Dan is here. Dan is here. Let's have a with Dan. Let's have. Let's get a few quid thrown at it. He's got an excellent ground. He's got an excellent ground and pound game. Uh, what he is is he's very susceptible to punches. Yeah. And let me tell you, I would only need a jab 
a jab. Are you listening? We're doing it. We're For Bisping. We're, ma- we're matching. Liverpool versus Manchester. Yeah. He's not Manchester. He's MMA versus Clitheroe. He's Clitheroe. He's Clitheroe's most famous DJ. Yeah, he is. And he's Blackman. DJ, is he? Yeah, he used to do it. DJ Mikey B. Yeah, DJ Mikey B. Up our way. admiration for him. He's been absolutely fantastic. He's flown the flag for Britain in the UFC. Yeah, yeah. Single handedly, he's a. He plays the trail, man. But no one else was doing it. He really did. When he went over to do the Ultimate Fighter, it was brilliant. Yeah. He made great TV. Yeah. Tough three. Yeah. And then you forget, that was at 205. Yeah. Mm hmm. People forget that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and his first fight was Rashad Evans at at light heavyweight. Rashad Evans is a a quality performer, Mm. 205 champion. Yeah. um, Good fighter. 205, you're talking. He's talking about going back up to 205. That's your weight, isn't it? It is, yeah. Not, not right now. I mean, I keep poking at this. Come on, man. I'm Are we two, doing it? I'm 220 at the minute. Boy. All right, you're 220. So what's happening next? You said you're more powerful than Tyson Fury to talk sport the other I day. In terms of punches. I've got no problem. Yeah. I can definitely. If listen to Steve Cunningham, can drop him back and knock him out. You're telling me I can't? No, do I, do not I, at all. I'm do, not. Do I hit harder than Steve Cunningham? That's all we have to say. Yeah, we know you do. I, I definitely hit harder than Steve Cunningham. So Steve Cunningham put him flat on his back. I put him fast, I put him fast asleep. I have no doubt about it. So is that it. what we're going for then? Well, come on, say, come on. Is his his words were, yeah. I'm not going to fight Tony Bell. I don't want to hurt a cruiserweight. He's only fighting a cruiserweight who's smaller than me. Yeah, <laughs> what yeah, the yeah, bleeding yeah. hell's going on? The, the third best in Albania or whatever, yeah, whatever he is. Mm. It's unbelievable. So, you know, you, you just think before you speak, my friend. Listen, ultimately, I'm made up his back. I like Tyson Fury. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would be great banter. I don't think he could live with me. I don't care how good his banter is. I don't think he, no, no one's beating a scouse when it comes to banter. But... Uh, that's amazing. I, I, You're I, open to an offer, then. Let's say that. You're open to an offer. I, 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 I work on the biggest platform in the world, mate. We do the biggest numbers on Sky Sports, mate, so come over and talk to me. Okay, cool. What's the, what's the missus said? I, I haven't talked about it. <laughs> how, how, how tough is it watching Dad fight every time now? Because when I interviewed Tony last time, he said, my sons want me to stop boxing. Mum does. Uh, your mum does. How, how tough is it watching Dad fight? Um. For me, not necessarily. It's tough, if you know what I mean. So, the last two fights that he's had, I haven't really been tough because I knew he'd win those easily. Because I actually knew he'd win. Because mm. he's oh, just. They went tough, like, when I come on one with a black eye. <laughs> what about that night in Everton? They went tough, just being punched Everton. all over the place. Everton was been nervous on that night in Everton, yeah, with the lumber macabre. Yeah, very nervous. That night. Well, that was your first one, wasn't it? The first yeah. one that you've been to go and see him live. All right, boys, we don't talk about this at home, so let's just... Oh, wait, we're going to leave it now? No, we don't talk about boxing. No, no. It doesn't happen. You're clearly very proud of Dad, though. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, and rightly so. We don't talk about boxing at home. We try and talk about school work. All right, then. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, then. Have you, uh, have you got your suit kitted up for the wedding? Are you ready to rock and roll? He's cleverer than me. Yeah? yeah? yeah Looking yeah. sharp? Yeah, he's got a kitchen suit as well. Yeah, yeah. More expensive. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I brought it up, mate, because I didn't yeah, mind yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm sure it does. <laughs> Listen, mate. So what's going on tonight, then? Listen, what's your guys' predictions? I'm going for Till early. by KO. It's got to be early if it's Till, I think. I think, well, if, I think if it goes late, we all the wait situation the this week. the fourth minute of the first round. The fourth fourth minute. minute of the first round, you reckon? Fourth minute of the first round. Okay. I was going Till late third round, early fourth. Because I, I think I'll be cagey to begin with, I, but I, I think it. all the weight cuts and all of that oh, stuff me, yeah. and the embarrassment of not making the weight, I hope that Darren doesn't feel he's got to really come out and impress, stick to the game plan. Now, it was the weight made at 171, you're allowed to you're be like a pound over. A pound over each other championship, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay, only so a pound. So three and a half yeah. pounds over. He made 188 pounds today at one o'clock. Um, so he's free, which, he's free to go. Which but he's been fighting 80% of his... He's 195 right now. I like the fact that he said he can have 100% of my purse. I liked to hear that. I'm sorry to hear about Daddy his news in the background. 
I don't know what, what, what's the what what is the, why is it because it's very unlike Dan Dan his I, girlfriend I well we can't really say at the moment but he's yeah. was in hospital yeah yeah oh, that's what we understand yeah, yeah. okay so yeah. sorry to there were that. reasons mm. But well, that, that's genuine. I knew it would be really something. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because he prepares diligently. I spent a bit of time with him the other day. Yeah. And I'm telling you now, he finished the session and he had 10 days to go. And, mate, he was absolutely soaked in sweat. Like, mm. he sat down and there was a pool of sweat while he was sitting next to me. He's a phenomenal, phenomenally trained athlete. That's exactly what he is. He's an athlete. Mm. And he prepares diligently. So, so is your prediction early? The fourth minute of the first round, he's a big left hand line. Late, late third, early fourth for him, but I'm worried about the weight I cut. Am. I'm I, worried I, I about think if it goes cut. past three, it's not. It, it's dangerous mm-hmm. because it got, I, I, I didn't know it was going to be five five. So it's usually three five, but this is obviously a world title final eliminated. It must be. Well, it's the main event. It's because it's the main event. That's why. It's so a, all main events now five yeah, five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Been like that for about four years, Tony. Has it? Yeah, yeah. I, I think you've been wrong. concentrating too much I, on winning all those titles I, as a boxer. Do you know that? I'll be honest. I think he's wrong. I don't. I don't believe that's right. That they're not all the main events are five five minute rounds. They're not, and I, and I will. One will come back to me soon. That's been three fives. One will come back to me. You might be right, actually. No, I know I'm right, one hundred percent. See, there's people googling now, listening to the show. Anyway, enjoy the I'm night. Arguing with Tony Bell, you know, he's got that look on his face. No, 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 no especially in his own gaff. Just lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Anyway, you enjoy the night, my friend. Thank you very much for being on the show, Corey. Enjoy it, mate. Make sure, you get, make sure you get some uh, selfies and what have you. Jimmy Manor was knocking about. Jimmy, I know Jimmy. Jimmy's knocking about somewhere. Who else have we seen? Conor McGregor's here, isn't he? Oh no, he didn't come. Jimmy Manor is sitting right opposite to the other side of you. Dana's in town. There's a few knocking about, mate. Yeah. You're the most famous man here, though. Nah, don't start all that. <laughs> I'm not famous. Just How long does it take you to walk from the media room to your seat? About an hour and a half, no? I just keep getting up to get up. Get back on that more It's nice. It's lovely. I didn't think these many people would really know me because it's a different kind of fan base, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, it seems to do. These people love fighters, Tony. You're yeah. a fighter. There's no I, question I'm a fighting man, mate. I definitely am exactly. not. It's not a good thing to be like, but I am, eh? We're going to enjoy it. Thank you very much Thank for being on the show, man. Much. much appreciated. Yeah, brilliant. Have a great night, guys, and continue to listen. This is going to be a fascinating listen tonight. There so you continue go. to listen. He knows the score. Thank you um, very much. You're listening to Talk Sport. Thanks, Do stick with us. Plenty to come on Fight Night Live. The brand new heavyweight champion of the world, Mike Tyson. Boxing Hall of Fame. You listen to Fight Night live from uh, UFC Liverpool at the Echo Arena to obviously uh, uh, pay our tributes to the one and only Darren Till. Um, but as you can hear in the background there, the uh, music for the Hall of Fame is sounding and each week we do like to throw somebody into the Hall of Fame, pay tribute uh, from the world of boxing. Um, now normally we would celebrate a fighter, we'd celebrate a fight, we'd celebrate fans that go and follow fighters and various things like that. This week is uh, quite poignant because we've had a terrible week in the world of boxing. Just in case you are unaware, we've lost two absolute superstars of our sport. A lot of people will be familiar with the struggles that Dean Francis has had over the last 18 months to two years with his illness. Um, There's been a lot of charity dinners and various things like that that have happened over the last couple of years, so you might be uh, familiar uh, with his plight. Um, He obviously passed away this week, as did Brendan Ingle, a man that I don't even need to introduce you to Brendan Ingle. Everybody knows who Brendan Ingle is. And um, Gareth... We're putting both of those men into our Hall of mm. Fame this week mm. because it is a poignant week. But I want to start with Brendan, if I, if I may, and the effect that he had on boxing on a worldwide scale, everybody knows. But what he did for his local community, setting up the Winkerbank Boxing Gym from it being a dance hall. What a tremendous story. And not just the professional fighters, Naz and Johnny Nelson and people like that. 
but the young kids in that area, giving them a place to go, those kids that maybe were getting themselves into the wrong things with the law and various things like that. He changed a lot of lives. Definitely. And um, the Irishman, you know, who came to Sheffield from Dublin in 1957 was a boxing Svengali. Um, he transformed, as you say, so many lives. Um, I know he's your favourite, Nassim Hamid. And mm. when you think that Naz uh, was born and lived 150 yards up on the hillside from the Winker Bank gym, where his parents, of course, were of Yemeni extraction, and they had a corner store. And you, w- when you think how great that partnership was, they were famously known as the Paddy and the Prince, <laughs> um, that if Naz, for example, had been born in another street or another town, yeah. or his parents had moved to another city, we'd, we'd never have had that greatness in a ring. You're so right about Brendan. And, you know, the last time I really interviewed Brendan was about three or four years ago, outside the gym. It's on a steep hillside with a church opposite the St. Thomas Boys Club. Um, and a big lad came out and spat in the street after doing a workout. And Brendan looked at him. He was incandescent. And as he shouted at the kid, coughs and sneezes bring diseases. This kid went white. Brendan already had Alzheimer's at the time. And he'd mm-hmm. said to me while we were standing out there in the sunshine, when I repeat myself and go around in a circle, just remind me. I, probably, I knew him well enough to do that because obviously I'd followed Naz's career mm-hmm. when he was his trainer and had been around him and he'd sit in hotel lobbies for you. He wasn't just supportive to boxers and young people and, and people in the community um, recognised, of course, by the Queen when he got his MBE yeah. for mm. services to boxing. Mm. Recognised, and he'll be very—he'd have been very proud of this. Given an honorary doctorate from Hallamshire University in Sheffield because he was dyslexic, you know, Brendan. He used to work. We, we need to tell the story of Brendan Ingle. He came in '57 to Sheffield, and he used to run eight miles a day. He was a professional boxer. Of himself of course but he worked as a blacksmith striker and he loved the job and he used to go home and his wife Alma who he always talked about used to read to him in the evenings and he tried to learn to read because he was dyslexic and I think what he had was this incredible physical work ethic mm. but he'd been brought up by parents in the you know in the in in the 50s in the 30s in the 30s 40s and 50s he always picked up litter from the road. You could see him picking up litter. He was very, very consistent. But what he did in the gym when he got the opportunity to run this um, dance club every week, mm. he said there were so many fights at the dance club because the local chaplain had asked him to run the dance club that he decided he was going to have to create a boxing club. And that's how it came out of it because all the kids were different. What he was saying at the time, the, 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 the steel industry was slowing down. Yep. There were lots of di- different ethnic groups in Sheffield and all the kids were fighting each other. So Brendan created the gym, but he created this brilliant way of doing it. Um, he made... The boxers, the young boxers from the very start, their likes of who you mentioned just now, Johnny Nelson, Nassim Hamid, Cal Brook, Ryan um, Rhodes. Paul Silky Jones, Ryan Rhodes, mm. Clinton Woods when he was a yeah, kid. Yeah, yeah. So many of these guys from a very early age were taught to say nursery rhymes and go up and down the tram lines with their hands hanging down and to work a certain style. Mm. Harold Graham, of course, hands down. Guy probably should have won a world. He would have won a world title today. Mm. But in those days, didn't get quite that far. But six world champions. I think it's something like... 10 Commonwealth champions, 20 British champions, 8 European champions. But it's not just the conveyor belt of talent that came out of the area. 
but that was also attracted to come to him in the air. Of course, Billy Joe Saunders, the current WBO middleweight champion, yeah. trains with Brendan's son now. It was the fact that local police sergeants, local community groups, youth workers would send young men and women now to him yeah. because they knew that he was... He had a he, way to be able to straighten he, him out. He had a way. He, he, he was a yeah. pioneer. Yeah. He was a, an absolute pioneer. He's a massive loss. But he was also brilliant with the media. He was brilliant with everyone. Yeah. My only regret, and I tried to get them together a few years ago, was to get he and Naz talking again. They had a horrible divorce in 1998. They, they split. And, and Brendan didn't want to talk to him. And I do think if Naz had stayed with Brendan and listened to developing his his style more defensively as he went yeah. up the ranks. It'd have been multi-weight, multi-weight. He would, he, there's no question about it. No, absolutely, mate. Uh, and of course, um, we lost Brendan earlier on the week, and on the, on the exact same day, we, uh, we lost Dean, who's been battling, uh, battling terrible illness over the last 18 months to two years uh, that he's been in the public light. And Dean Francis, there's, a, there's another person that we, we talk about. If he, if he didn't get that shoulder injury, I genuinely believe he would have been a world champion, either at super middleweight or light heavyweight at some point in his career. He just... It, it, it just wasn't to be for him. But what a lovely man. Another guy that you've just been talking about. If you, if you spent any time with Dean over the last two years, knowing full well what was facing him, that terminal illness, just the way that he dealt, it, dealt with it, with such humility and the humble nature. Again, another man that had so much time for everybody, very, very gracious with his time towards media, chatting about all things boxing and even his illness as well. Um, another sad loss uh, for the boxing world. Definitely, and you could tell by the outpouring on Friday that came both for Brendan and, and for Dean that he was a very, very popular man inside the sport. And, um, you know, knowing Chris Sanigar and Jamie Sanigar as I do, you know, he was, he, uh, you know, he, he, was a, he was a West Country lad, um, but he should have been a world champion, another one that should have been a world champion. Mm incredible hooks he used to throw. Left hook was ridiculous. Left hook was ridiculous, exactly. And then very obviously since injuring the shoulder, he couldn't do it. Hence, yeah, yeah. Hence but, but I think, you know, I think, um, I think boxing will get behind these two fellas and it would not surprise me to see bronze statues yeah. of both men appear in Bristol yeah. at some point well, I think Dean, uh, and appear in Sheffield. Well, Dean's been doing, a, obviously, a, before he passed this week, there was a lot of um, after-dinner speeches to raise money for various charities that he was involved with for his illness and I think that legacy will continue. There'll be a Dean Francis Foundation, no doubt, and um, I've no doubt um, the boxing community, mm. as it has done when he was alive, will definitely continue that in his memory. I don't think there's any question about that. And I, and I think, you know, um, one of the things that, that I've always noticed about boxing is that when someone's down on their luck, when someone's really down on their luck, when it's made public, mm. when a family is left, I mean, he's 44, Dean. I don't think we've mentioned he was only 44. Brendan was 77. He had a long life. Mm. Um, Dean famously, of course, like Steve McQueen, we all remember, said he was going to get fitter and get fitter and battle the cancer. We're all mortal we all have fallibility as human beings and i, I loved his stoicism to the end and i think that's how fight he it, will be fight it till the end always a, a fighter fight till the end exactly adam exactly mm. um so we're putting those two gentlemen into our hall of fame uh this week so uh um there you go. Um, lots still to come on the show uh, this afternoon. We are at uh, the Echo Arena uh, in Liverpool, uh, just in case you can hear a little bit going on in the background. We're currently in the media room uh, doing our show for you. Obviously, it's uh, Darren Tilday, I think they're calling it now in, uh, in Liverpool. Hopefully, we'll be catching him. Is that a national holiday I think in Liverpool? It is. I think it is, yeah. We'll hopefully be, ca- be catching him at some point a little bit later on uh, in the show to uh, have a chat with him uh, about his uh, encounter with 
uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Uh, there's lots of boxing chat as well, too, obviously, a chat about. We're going to get stuck into a little bit of Anthony Joshua wanting to bring Deontay Wilder to the UK, uh, despite, obviously, uh, the opportunity maybe for a New York showdown. We'll get Gareth's thoughts on that a little later on. And obviously, Tyson Fury now has announced his uh, opponent. Uh, a man so good they named him twice. Uh, <laughs> we're going to be uh, talking about Sefer Safiri uh, very, very shortly on the show. So make sure you stick around. You listen to Fight Night Live. This is Talksport. Hey, you listen to Fight Night Live on Talksport. Hope you are well. Uh, I'm Adam Catterall. Alongside me, as ever, is the, my long-haired liver now from uh, Liverpool. Which oh, is, very good. It kind of works that now, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. All the Osman songs coming out tonight, mm. aren't they? Uh, Gareth A. Davis <laughs> with me, obviously. Uh, we are at the Echo Arena in Liverpool uh, for UFC Liverpool. We'll uh, have more on UFC Liverpool a little later on in the show, so make sure you stick around for that. Uh, but this show, as you know, if you listen to it on a regular basis on a Saturday evening, uh, is all about the world of boxing. Um, and I suppose the, uh, the jewel in the boxing crown is obviously Anthony Joshua. There's been a lot of chat about Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder. When will that fight get made? It's been back and forth. The latest is that um, it's not going to happen unless it happens in the UK. That's what Anthony Joshua has sent back to Team Deontay Wilder. Now, for me, Gareth, I don't know where you're at with this, man. Right? This, is a, this has got two-fight deal written all over it, even if, even if there's a first-round knockout, even if it goes early, even if it's a stinker, the first one. It doesn't matter. It's a, there's, there's, there's room there for two super fights, one in the UK, one in the US. Sign it up, get it done, bish, bash, bosh. Sign me up to Matchroom. I'll do the deal for you, lads. 10% in Catterall's back pocket. We've got a fight on, haven't we? Well, are you do, you're starting, starting to sound like Adam the Cat Hearn Catterall. <laughs> um, no, because, listen, you're, you're, promotionally, you're not wrong. Um, there's no question that two fights. Um, the argument would be, but, I mean, what if Anthony Joshua steamboats him? Do you want to see a second one? Well, yeah, I do, I, because it's heavyweights. I think it's the other way around almost, that, that what we don't want to do is lose touch with Joshua if Wilder beats him. That'll be the Hearn mm. kind of propaganda machine that, you know, um, there's so much resting on victory to claim the four belts that's never happened I think the fact that's unprecedented yeah let's have a two fight deal I think you're absolutely spot on let's have one in the UK and one in the USA Hmm. Um, but should it be a deal breaker should should the location of the first fight be a deal breaker if you can put a rematch clause into that contract to say the second one happens in the other person's home country well it should be a deal breaker for Joshua I agree with Eddie Hearn's thinking in that and, and, and Rob McCracken. This has come from Rob McCracken, Eddie Hearn, and Anthony Joshua as a triumvirate. That Anthony Joshua, holding three of the belts, deserves to have the lion's share of both the purse and also the advantages. It makes sense yep. for him to go to America, maybe for the second fight. Go to America in the future. Because at the moment... He holds the WBO, the IBF, and the WBA belts. It's taken a lot of getting, remember. It's taken a lot of negotiation, a lot of dealing with the sanctioning bodies. And he's the guy that's drawing 90,000 and 80,000 people to to huge stadium fights, the likes of which we've never seen before in this country. People want to be involved in Anthony Joshua as an event, as a commodity. He will have advantages training in Sheffield, not having to go to America two and a half weeks before the fight, or having a camp in America grooving that rhythm if he fights Deontay Wilder at Twickenham or Wembley or the Olympic Stadium as Eddie Hearn told me all three of those venues are in the offing for a kind of late September fight still two and a half weeks left to make this by the way Mm -hmm. um, between the promotional teams 
He can sleep in his own bed the night before or in the mansion of his choosing. He's not going to be in a hotel suite in Las Vegas or in the heart of Manhattan where there's noise and fire engines and everything's unfamiliar. I think at the moment, the, what, what Rob McCracken has got into Anthony Joshua's head and said, look, you hold three belts, you want to be the guy at home, you want the crowd on your side, and Joshua's feeling is, I'll only get 10,000 Brits travelling over to see me fight at the T-Mobile Arena in Vegas. Yeah. I'll only get 10,000 or 8,000 seats for the, the Barclays Centre in Brooklyn. So he also wants to please the fans. How, what must it feel like, Adam, in the week of the build-up where you have your press conference with all Sky Sports staff, with a thousand people in that vaulted hall yeah. where they now have that on a Tuesday, to walk out to the adulation of, which it will be pretty much an entire home crowd. Mm. And I think he feeds off it. I genuinely think he feeds off it. So my view, I think Eddie Hearn, Anthony Joshua, Rob McCracken have got it right saying, no, no, you're coming here. I'll take the 10 million pay cut. Imagine that. I'll take a 10 million pay cut yeah. to fight in the well, UK. That's I, I think they're right. Yeah, well, you make a great argument for it. My only thing would be is that it's 100% a pay-per-view fight and the most amount of money to make is by putting it on in America because of the amount uh, of pay-per-views that they can sell there. Well, Eddie Hearn's argument, and I've had this argument with him myself, you know, off-air, you know, talking to him, you know, not off the record, but him saying, look, yeah, when yeah. he did the numbers, the, the pay-per-view numbers... Wilder's not a huge pay-per-view. No, he's not. We're asking the UK audience to buy into a fight at either four in the morning or two in the morning. Mm -hmm. So why change something that ain't broke, you know? And and look, it's going to happen. I don't think think it will happen in September. I think they'll both go their separate ways because that was out there a week ago. They're definitely talking behind the scenes a lot. Um, Obviously, Hearn's been in... Um, he's been Japan all over the world. He's been on a world tour. Yeah, exactly. He's Japan, like the Rolling America, Stones the at the moment. He, he is. <laughs> he is. And um, needs a shave by the look of him. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, you know, I, I, I do think we've felt all along, we've had so many discussions about this now. They've teased, they've parted. Yeah. They've teased, they've parted. Very, very. Uh, I think me and you are on the same page, though, that we don't think that it's going to happen next. I don't think it will, no. I agree with what we were just talking about in the break before we started this particular section of the show. Um, obviously, there's mandatories and various things like that for both uh, men, more so for Anthony because he holds three of the belts, uh, one of which is uh, Povetkin, his WBA mandatory. He is uh, he's next in line, and we both believe that it will be Povetkin next, probably August, July, August time. Um, and then looking to maybe an October, November, December showdown with Wilder as a possibility. Yeah, well, that's the great thing is a summer fight can happen outdoors for Joshua and they've always got the Millennium Stadium to go to for any late-year fight. They've done it twice. It works. Mm-hmm. Um, Hearn says it's a headache, but, but it works and it has worked several times. All that we need to see, as you say, is them to fight each other, possibly twice, um, but also we need those other undefeated heavyweights in the mix as well. I, you know, Tyson Fury is back in two weeks' time. Mm. Uh, well, let's talk Tyson, shall we? Because he is back in two weeks' time. We've got his opponent now in Sefer Safiri, uh, a career long cruiserweight um, who has got a fantastic knockout ratio against he cruiserweights. Uh, but I look down the list and the resume of guys that he's been knocking out, um, and it, it isn't all that, if I'm honest. No, it's Polish doorman, it's, you know, it's kind of um, nightclub it, singers from Croatia, it's, you know, it's. <laughs> They might as well be. Yeah. Um, you know, Ljubljana's greatest DJ. That'll 
resonate with you. No, the, 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 the thing the, is, it, I'm not surprised though, and I'm not offended by it. Me neither. Because I'm all right. Get in there, Tyson. Go and look flashy. I think the second opponent's the key one, where you've yeah, got where, where he's got to look flashy this first time round. Dispose of this guy quite quickly or quite well, let's say, looking mm. good doing it, and then the second fight, a, a proper step up, where people go, all right, let's see what you're about. It wouldn't surprise me if the second fight is, you know, a Shannon Briggs type or a Jarrell Miller type fighter. I think it will be um, Shannon Briggs. I really do. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, you'd expect Tyson Fury to toy with this guy and stop him in five or six rounds. He'll want to get a couple of rounds under his belt. Obviously, Manchester, June the 9th. I mean, they didn't announce the opponent. So we announced it mm. um, last weekend on Talk Sports, Sefer Seferi. Mm. Um, you know, whatever he is, 90% knockout rate. He's fought Manuel Char, being the distance of Manuel Char, who's now, of course, um, one of the, the lesser world title belt holders. WBA, the regular WBA champion. Yeah. Char's a decent fighter. Um, so, you know, he, he's obviously a resilient man, um, but he's in his late 30s as well. So... Um, let's see Tyson Fury toy with this guy, you know, get a bit of movement. What, what was pleasing, I think, is that while he's been away, um, I think his popularity has grown. Well, you were William in Leeds last week, and uh, he was wearing a rascal shirt, by the way. I thought that you would, uh, maybe you'd been lending him some of your wardrobe. That's what I thought had been going on. He looked like Listen, a character. I could live in his, it, it, one of his shirts, I could put a couple of poles in and live in it like a tent, for he looked, God's He sake. looked like a character from Grand Theft Auto, didn't he? Like a baddie <laughs> from Grand Theft Auto, the computer game, Vice City. Uh, but, the reception that he got as he was making his way to his seat at ringside, the fans were stopping him left, right and centre, picture, selfie, autographs. Given he's a, given he's a pedestrian in Yorkshire as well, I tried yeah. to make the point to some of the fans. They went, no, 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 we love the Gypsy King. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's great that his popularity's grown. And I think, you know, the arena was... If you, you move know, that back to when he won in Dusseldorf, and now the press, the majority of the press, not us, but the majority of the press, and the public treated him. I mean, if you remember the BBC Sports Personality of the Year nonsense, all that... The way that people treated him there to where they're at right now, I mean, it's, a, it's an amazing turnaround, isn't it, from a guy that what, he hasn't fought in that period of time either. It's crazy. Well, it's weird, isn't it? I mean, Lennox Lewis was never as popular until the very end of his career, and when he left the sport, incredibly popular. Naz has never been more popular. Whenever yeah. he comes out, you know what it's like. He's mobbed. He cannot move. You know, the, the, the trolls and the haters love to hate while someone's there. You don't whilst hear they're doing the, well. Whilst they're doing whilst well. They're, yeah, but yeah, yeah. also you, 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 you don't hear the voice of love. It's often the negatives that yeah. you hear. You know, negative people often shout very loudly. And, and I think, you know, it can, it's only good for the division that he's back. It, this is the guy that scattered the belts to the wind, remember, against Vladimir Klitschko in Dusseldorf in November 2015. And we've got to celebrate the fact that he's back because we do all want to see him face both Deontay Wilder yeah. and Anthony Joshua as well. So, you know, those three men really ought to have two fights each and we go on then for two and a half years with those three I think it'd be amazing if they can get it together I, re- I really do hope that they do get it together it's just that the let's just say that the, I don't think bragging rights is the is the right uh, term it's uh, who is willing to allow their ego maybe to drop just a touch because Tyson will have an opinion on where he stands on the A and B side, the famous Floyd Mayweather phrase, the A and B side. Deontay's obviously got his opinion, and Anthony's got his opinion, and their teams have got their opinion. As we've just said there, we think Anthony Joshua holding three of those belts, the biggest draw in, in world boxing. He's the A side in all of those fights, in my opinion. But does Tyson believe that? And if Tyson doesn't believe that, how does the negotiations go? Well, well he, w- w- What's great for a fight between Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury is that 
Joshua can just sit back as a three-belt world champion, and Tyson Fury will sell the fight. You know he will. He already is, in a sense, because, you know, as he said, he's the lineal champion going back all the way through time. Mm. You know, the Ring Magazine belt holder. Anthony Joshua still hasn't been installed as the Ring Magazine belt holder, even though he's got three of the title belts. Um, you know, it's a very interesting decision by Dougie Fisher and the boys there at the Ring, uh, the editor of the Ring, because, you know, they want to see Anthony Joshua prove himself. It wouldn't surprise me, by the way, if he does fight. Uh, well, it, it's not it wouldn't surprise me. I think they're going to be forced to give the winner of, of Wilder and Joshua the Ring Magazine belt. Mm. But I think it, doesn't surpri- it wouldn't surprise me if both of those, if they win all four belts, won't fight Tyson Fury next. They'll make him work to get up the rankings. Because remember, in 30 months that he's been away... The division's kind of moved on. Wilder's mm. got better. He's proved himself more. He's been throughout Luis Ortiz's test when yeah. he was in trouble. And, and Anthony Joshua is toying with different methodologies. We criticize him. We critique him. But my God, what's he done wrong? I mean, you know, he's watched now and he's cutting his toenails. He's picking his nose. Anything he does wrong will be reported. Mm-hmm. Um, he hasn't lost a fight. He's, he's not tall, but one of his opponents out. He, he boxed against Joseph Parker and he, he looked... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Phenomenal. Parker couldn't find a way in. He's knocked everyone out. He's got an unblemished 100% record. He won the Olympic gold medal. You know, And he's he, done it in, what, 20 fights? He's done it in 25. And, and that's right. And Crazy. The whole of boxing's following in his slipstream as well. So mm. you cannot fault what he has done. No, absolutely not. Uh, you listen to Fight Night on TalkSport, by the way. We're at the Echo Arena in Liverpool for UFC Liverpool. We'll have more UFC chat a little bit later on. We're going to continue uh, with our boxing chat, though, next. Do not go anywhere. Welcome to the jungle. Fight Night Live on TalkSport. Hope you're well. I'm Adam Catterall with Gareth Dave Davis in Liverpool tonight. We're at uh, UFC Liverpool at the Echo Arena uh, for a fantastic night of fights. And uh, on Friday night just gone, Gareth was in uh, London for a little bit of Bellator 200. So it's been a, it's been a fantastic mixed martial arts weekend. Uh, the Bellator event, um, I wasn't, okay, so I was watching this on the television, by the way. Well done on nagging everybody on getting a TV deal. We finally got one, and I got to watch it in the comfort of my armchair at the weekend. 
Um, for me, Adam, though, it should still be on Channel 5 oh, rather than, than, than um, well, was it, 5 is, Spike. At least it's not know? on delay. At least, yeah. and, and least it's not uh, a week later. At least I got to watch it live at some point. But, but two weeks ago, when Huey Fury fought Sam Sexton on Channel 5, I got the numbers for that. 1.9 wow. million they did a big that night. Yeah. British heavyweight title fight. And I was pushing as hard as possible just to explain to Bellator, to explain to the Americans that, you know... Channel 5 is button number 5 on the, on the kind of terrestrial networks. Yeah. They would have got a million viewers if they put it on Channel 5. Look, like you say, at the very least, it's live on there. The whole of the undercard was streamed on a live, you know, on a live YouTube mm. channel that was free. Um, they, had, they had the luxury of a very strong main card. Um, you know, with who were the standout performances for you? Well, for who, who, who comes away from that? If you, if, you, if that's your first event, and there yeah. were a few, few kids here from Talksport that actually went uh, to the event at the weekend, so w- them them coming away from that event, who are they talking about? Right, they're talking about um, Aaron Chalmers producing, of course, the reality TV star from Geordie Shore, the tattooed love rat who's bedded eight hundred women, actually delivered. He took a knee, took some punches, yeah. and he put Ash Griffiths away with a standing guillotine. You know, it was a really good performance, um, and he's fun. He wants to fight CM Punk. He wants to fight Baby Slice, the son of Kimbo Slice. Yeah. There's, there's, a, there's a narrative there. So people will have enjoyed him. But apart from Gegard Mousasi, who's a lifelong uh, martial artist in multiple organizations who brings grace and brilliance. And, you know, he's originally an Armenian from Iran who is like a, he's like a magician on a Persian flying carpet, basically, when he, when he fights like that. He took the, the middleweight title away from Rafael Carvalho. Um, but, but I think the man who stole the show using his infinity glove, Thanos' infinity glove, after he'd had his hand raised, was Michael Venom Page, a mm. 31-year-old former world champion freestyle kickboxing expert from a family of it. Three of his siblings were all world champions as well. But what he showed against a guy called David Rickles from America, Adam, was that when you've got um, gimmicks and salesmanship and you know how to promote yourself... And you can fight with your hands down. You know, he's like, he comes out of a cloud almost. He dances and dances. Yeah. Hands, feet, fists, yeah, elbows yeah, yeah. come out of a cloud. And a guy who's nicknamed the caveman Rickles, he made look like a woolly mammoth. Mm. And you know what? It was a verbal submission. He cut him open with a punch and a kick to the eye. And Rickles gave it that no mass moment, which you don't get very often in mixed martial no, arts. No, you don't. No, you don't. Um, regarding uh, Venom Page. And I kind of advise this to any young fighters coming through um, and people that uh, I speak to on various radio programs. It's all right being fantastic in the ring, boxing, or in the octagon. It's all right being fantastic, and it's all right knocking kids out and have an unbeaten record and all this type of stuff. But if you don't sell, you ain't going to get on. And the, the way that you sell is obviously, first of all, be devastating at your craft, of mm. course. Mm. But then you have to transcend. You have to make people care about you. Mm. Now, you can do that in multiple ways. You can be a little bit quirky, like Michael Venom Page, for example. You can be the brash uh, showman, i.e. Conor McGregor. Uh, you can do what Dan and Till's uh, doing at this moment. A little bit of Conor McGregor, but also multilingual. So, therefore, he, sp- he speaks to a, uh, the Portuguese audience because he's, uh, he can speak the lingo when he lived in Brazil. Mm. You've got to have... I hate using the word X Factor, but you've got to have something else other than being a fantastic mixed martial artist in order to get to the next level. It's the same in all fight sports. If you can have the greatest technical trade fight between two kickboxers, two boxers, two mixed martial artists, two synchronized swimmers, you know? But the point is, if they are personalities, if they've got a rivalry if they know how to sell themselves, if they know how to create haters. Yeah. For example, Aaron Chalmers, half, yeah, half the people yeah, hate yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. You know, this tattooed love rat, blah, blah, blah. And he wants to prove himself. 
not on a reality TV show where he's, you know, on the sunbeds, out yeah, boozing, yeah. picking up birds from the northeast. Naz used, he, to, he, Naz used to say it all the time, didn't they? If they're tuning in to see me getting knocked out, they're still tuning in. The, and that's the whole point. Over the years, Nazim Hamid, you know, with that kind of arrogant... He wasn't as arrogant when you met him no. in real life. When the cameras were on, though, he turned it on. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and Paige does that really well. But I think Bellator should squeeze him tight and promote him onto a major platform. Get him in front of 20,000. Start using the O2 Arena in London Docklands. He's a London lad. Mm-hmm. Start putting him in against the likes of Lawrence Larkin, Douglas Lima, Rory McDonald. Is he that good, do you think? Is he up there? Well, can the can he compete is, with those lads? The word is, is he legit? Yeah. And that's what people will start talking about if he beats Lawrence Larkin, if he beats Douglas Lima with his hands down in this kind of quasi-vulnerable style. Mm. What if um, he doesn't, though? What if he doesn't What if he win? doesn't? We found out that he isn't at that level. Okay. Paul Daly is a guy that must fight him. I know 100%. you believe in that fight 100%, happening as well. Yeah. That's the fight, because there's real beef there. And again, yeah. going back to what I was saying before, narratives are making these fights these days. I mean, I know, that, I know that it's not real before anybody jumps on me, but the WWE have been masters at marketing narratives. It's the same principle. Of course it is. You know, We buy into those narratives. It's entertainment. Yeah. It's a show. It's, I want to see that guy knocked out. That guy isn't going to live with the best because of his style. Yeah. You know, it's, it's all these factors. Conor McGregor pronouncing who he is. He owns it. He's the king. Yeah. And you know what? He proved us wrong over and over again. He proved us wrong mm-hmm. in the second fight against the American uh, Nate Diaz when he'd lost the first time. He went back and he proved us wrong. And, and that's, what, that's what promoting yourself is all about. That's what the, 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 the energy behind these fighters is all about. Mm. And those who understand it, yeah. they're either natural. Listen, if they're not natural at it, you get the quiet you fighters. Gegard Mousasi will never yeah. uh, trash talk about Well, that's why, with all due respect to Gegard, um, that's why he didn't get on in, in, in the UFC. He was fantastic. I was a massive fan of He should have got a title fight, oh, a middleweight title fight. 100%. There's no question, There's about, no question about that because talent... He has it in abundance, this Gegard Mousasi, mm-hmm. and he should have been fighting for the middleweight card. Michael Bisping But because is... he didn't have the lip, he yeah. didn't get it. Bisping has yeah. the lip, and yeah. Bisping really shouldn't have got that shot against Luke Rocco, but because he got the lip and he's backed it up time and time again. He got a 17 days notice, and he's away he there, goes. and, and he's he knows how to champ. sell a fight, he'll get in a guy's face. That's it. Listen, they'll be friends in their 50s, and they'll go and have a pint together and a, and a, and a meal, but he is very, very good at getting under people's skin, at, at harnessing his emotional energy, yeah. and, and making it count making it valued making it mean something yeah. you know and b- b- being a being a kind of a heel if you like he's gone from villain to hero from hero to villain hero mm-hmm. to villain and three or four times in his career but every time he's created more haters and then more fans mm. and that's the way you do it mm. chris eubank jr nazim hamid michael we'll Bisping, t- we'll talk a- darren till needs to do it well, more the you guy know? that we had on earlier on the show, Tony Bellew's probably the prime example from this city, isn't he? You know, Tony Bellew, he's making the best out of his attributes. He's the world, became world champion at Cruiserweight. Look what he's doing in the he's heavyweight division. He's a master at it. But, he, but he's done it by creating this character, the bomber. Yeah. And that has been the vehicle to sell his fights. Now, people might just tune in because they want to see him get knocked out. Who cares? If they're paying 15 quid for a pay-per-view, he's still getting weighed in. Yeah. So who's laughing now? Yeah. That's what you've got well, to do. I went toe-to-toe, or tried to, on the Bellator broadcast the other day with Chael Sonnen. You, yeah. you know, I actually again, saw you on the pads guy. as well this week, getting, uh, yeah. getting stuck into uh, Aaron yeah, just, Chalmers. Just, I thought you were warming up, maybe just in case he's, listen, uh, his opponent failed weight or something, you were going to step in. I have a one minute, four seconds in me. Left, right, one uppercut. Two body kicks, yeah. and then I call a taxi. There's, there's a few ladies that. that have said that down the years yeah. as well. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it is, Chael Sonnen has made himself a yeah. superstar mm. by his one-liners. As he said to me, and you, you often say He was the king of it. He was the king of it. He was the king. He said, Gareth, if you had a daughter, she wouldn't be called brevity. You know? <laughs> as you well know, I do like to speak. <laughs>
Listen, it was a fantastic night. Um, I'm sure you can ca- catch it online and have a little bit of a nosy bite. There were some great performances, uh, and well done to everybody at Bellator there. Bellator 200 uh, coming to London. Long may it continue. Long may we see more of those events. And long may we have weekends like this where we've got mixed martial arts on a Friday night, mixed martial arts on a Sunday night. Come on, bring more of it. And we're going to continue talking fight sports next on TalkSport. Do not go anywhere. This is Fight Night Live. This May, the world's greatest warriors will clash in the epic battle of martial arts prowess. Bellator 200. Listen to Fight Night this Saturday as Talk Sport takes you ringside for a rapid roundup of all the latest Bellator news ahead of the main event. Live at Wembley Arena on May 25th. Don't miss Cage Rage on Fight Night on Talk Sport with Bellator 200. Live at the SSE Arena Wembley. Go to bellatormma.co.uk to get your tickets now. You're listening to Fight Night Live on TalkSport. Hope you're well. I'm Adam Catterall. Uh, we are at the Echo Arena uh, in the north of England. I managed to drag Gareth A. Davis up north. He loves it. You love it in the north of England, don't you, my friend? I know it's a bit of a trek for you, but when the weather's beating down and the sun is shining and the, and the, uh, and the scousers are out in full force, they give you a warm welcome, don't they? Listen, as you tell they me... They love you whole, up here. I, I, as you tell me the whole time... This part of the country this is, is God's country. This is it. This is what this is. No, it's great to be up here, Adam. Mm. Really uh, we're here for UFC Liverpool. We're uh, going to continue our UFC chat very, very shortly. But right now, uh, when whenever Gareth is on the show, because he's uh, one got a better voice than me, and two, he's a lot more cultured than me, uh, we bring a feature out called Cultural Corner. Um, and you may have seen. What are you laughing at? You're just making me laugh because you're very funny. Thank you, mate. Um, you may have seen this week uh, that quite a few boxers were in the uh, the Oval Office with uh, Mr. Trump. Um, when I saw that picture, I thought, what is this? What is this all about? And obviously it is for uh, the pardon of Jack Johnson. Um, for those that don't know the Jack Johnson story and as to why he's been pardoned, I'm going to hand over to my uh, esteemed colleague to give you a little bit of uh, a history lesson from 1913. Well, look, it's one of the few times that so many people have retweeted and liked a Donald Trump yeah. tweet, by the way. <laughs> yes. I did myself. I actually saying, liked him this week. Yeah, I did. <laughs> and I said, well, this is good, um, mm. dot, 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 because um, weirdly, th- and let's say how this came about. Jack Johnson has been pardoned um, from what was called the Man Act, yeah. um, which was in place you know, way back when he was... Boxing, of course, the Galveston Giant, the man from Texas, the first black heavyweight champion of the world. And, of course, that's where the term the Great White Hope came from, Mm. was that white America, um, obviously, you know, trying to mitigate against um, African-Americans in America, wanted a white heavyweight champion of the world. Um, I've I've pulled out a few things today, Adam, because um, Jack Johnson... um, was an extraordinary boxer, a showman, and in 1898, he made his pro debut. uh, Were you there? No, I wasn't, but it wasn't (laughs) far. I know I'm getting on, I know, in Galveston, Texas, where he knocked out Charlie Brooks in the second round of a 15-round bout. It was called the Texas State Middleweight title then. He moved on. um, He he battled a guy called Klondike. He, He developed his own boxing style. But, you know... He went on to be the world coloured heavyweight champion, as they called it at the time. It's crazy, that, isn't it? Yeah, it is crazy. Um, when you think how uh, people of colour, immigrants to, to, to the big empires, have carried the sport of boxing, really. Yeah. You know, the Irish, the Polish, um, the Italians, um, African-Americans. 
you know they've really been the standouts in, in boxing in, in America. Um, but in 1910, in the fight of the century, it was called. Um, the, he, he'd won the title, um, and in former undefeated heavyweight champion James James J. Jeffries, he had an opponent who'd come out of retirement mm. to challenge Johnson. He hadn't fought in six years and had to lose what Tyson Fury did, £100 to fight him. Now, look. I've been there. He was beaten up. He was beaten up, and Johnson retained the title. There were race riots all over America. And I'm saying this to put in context uh, the fact that um, in his personal life, he loved many women. He enjoyed he, himself. He was a playboy. He enjoyed himself. Um, but he He's the heavyweight champion of the world, man. Exactly. He was a stud. Yeah. The term we use today, he was a stud. Yeah. Um, now, he was um, uh, imprisoned eventually now this, for what you're breaking about, the law. Well, this what you're is, about to say, right, yeah. is, is ridiculous. For those that don't know the history of black America, this, just the, the fact that this happened is crackers as to why he was imprisoned. Go on. Well... He'd, won the, he'd beaten Jeffries in the world title in 1910. Mm-hmm. And then in 1912, he was arrested with Lucille Cameron, a white woman who would later become his wife. He was, not a, he was, a, he was arrested because he had crossed the, the, the state line yeah. with a white woman yeah. and had broken what they called the Man Act, M-A-N-N. And it forbade black men from marrying white women. And, which now is just, you know, and, and, and presumably the other way around as well. Um, you know, black women from marrying white men. Um, it's a disgrace. It's an embarrassment. I've looked back, Adam, in the last week on the, um, the newspaper cartoons of the day, which are frankly disgusting. It's unreal. They, 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 he was literally depicted like a gorilla yeah. in the cartoons. It, it's just disgusting. I saw one where they actually did actually draw him as a gorilla, yeah. like climbing the Empire State Building or, or yeah. Statue yeah. of Liberty and stuff like that, painting him as King Kong. It was crazy. And I've got a book in front of me, um, a brilliant book by um, Jeffrey C. Ward called Unforgivable Blackness, The Rise and Fall of Jack Johnson. What a brilliant title. Yeah, and as Joyce Carol Oates, a famous... Uh, writer from Who's America, brilliant. who is absolutely brilliant. Yeah, He's yeah. written a lot on Mike Tyson and yeah. his his life. She says an utterly convincing and frequently heartrending portrait. Um, just listen to this from 1914 from W. E. B. Dubois in The Crisis, uh, an American magazine. Boxing has fallen into disfavor, into very great disfavor. The cause is clear. Jack Johnson, he has outsparred an Irishman. He did it with little brutality, the utmost fairness and great good nature. He did not knock his opponent senseless. Apparently, he did not even try. Neither he nor his race invented prize fighting or particularly like it. Why then this thrill of national disgust? Because, because Mr. Johnson is black. Of course, some pretend to object to Mr. Johnson's character, but we have yet to hear, in the case of white America, that marital troubles have disqualified prize fighters or ball players or even statesmen. It comes down then, after all, to this unforgivable blackness. Well, the reason I read that passage is his blackness, if you like, has been forgiven this week, officially by Donald Trump in America. And what we're now seeing, weirdly as the result of Sylvester Stallone, 
telling Donald Trump yeah. initially all about Jack Johnson, how brilliant he was. It's right and meat, as they would say, that the President of the United States, and I think Barack Obama was trying to do it for a period of time, to tell the family of Jack Johnson, who are still living, <clears throat> that their grandfather, that their great-grandfather mm. did absolutely nothing wrong. Yeah, yeah he was a womanizer, mm. but he did nothing wrong. They were wrong. And I think it's I a think great that's the key moment. Thing. I think that's the key thing, that they've taken the they've taken the responsibility back that they made a mistake back then. And, and, and America made a, a ton of mistakes around race in, in, in this period of time. And they, just, just listening to you talk, listening to those words from that magazine in that period of time, it, it was so poles apart. In my head, I'm so poles apart from that type of language. But we've got to remember that, okay, yes, that's 1910, 1920. But this, these things were still happening in the 1970s. So it's not too far along, uh, 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 ago that things like this were still happening. Well, I think, you know, I know we're often banned from talking about the royal wedding, and I did shed a few tears. I'll be honest about it. You can, you, hard man from the north, you can, <laughs> can rib me all night about this, but that's what I loved about the royal wedding a couple of weeks ago. Um, it's breaking boundaries. Absolutely breaking boundaries. You know, the, the brilliant preacher, Mr., uh, the Reverend Curry, yeah, who nearly knocked a candle a couple of times off the, off the, the lectrum. The, 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 the gospel choir, um, the brilliance black family whose musician children play and are winners mm. of the BBC mm. um, Young Musician of the Year that we saw on there. We, we see change all the time. And I think what Donald Trump's done, what uh, the, the, the presidential seat has done in this case is say, we were wrong all those years ago. You know, this is a great figure. This is a, uh, he was a figure of change. Yeah. He had to go on the run for a while. He came to Europe, by the mm. way. Uh, there's great photographs. Anyone wants to have a look. There's brilliant photographs. He used to, he used to dress a bit like, you know, Rupert the Bear? Yeah. He, he would dress a little bit like Rupert the Bear with, with big scarves yeah, yeah, and three-piece suits. You know, like I come in sometimes. You can't <laughs> see me. I mean, I'm wearing Rupert the Bear trousers today, but blue ones, you know, tartan. Yeah. Mm. And he, he would turn up on a ship in Britain and he'd come and fight. And had some famous fights in, in, in Europe, some of them exhibition fights. Huge crowds would gather to see him. And he had three white wives and good luck to him. And I think, you know, it's... it's it's, uh, I don't know, it's put a smile on my face this week that we can all finally thank Donald Trump for something. <laughs> That's the key thing, isn't it, that we're thanking him for something. But it's good that we had represent, great representation in that room with him uh, as well because I saw Deontay Wilder was there, obviously, uh, the WBC heavyweight champion, a proud black man. Yes. Um, and then you obviously had that, you mentioned uh, Sylvester Stallone's. Lennox uh, Lewis was there, of course. Lennox was there. There were some fantastic characters there that are in the real world of boxing and also the, uh, the movie world of boxing that came together to, uh, to make this happen and I'm glad that they took it seriously because you, you see a lot of campaigns like this for various things that kind of fall on deaf ears a little bit um, and I'm glad that they took this extremely seriously not because he's a boxer but because of the wrong that was done because of race and the discrimination against race back in the, uh, well, the 1910s. Well I think they should go further Adam, I think they should declare uh, have a Jack Johnson Day maybe Yeah maybe a Jack Johnson Day and announce a Muhammad Ali holiday as well at the same time um, and there should definitely... I mean, he, there, there are pictures from his life that are really worth going to look at. They're iconic because, of course, he's the guy that first learnt movement or taught movement and the jab. He was, he was the line of heavyweights. Muhammad Ali was in his line as well from 
Jack Johnson to Joe Lewis to Muhammad Ali to Mike Tyson. There's a there's a sequence there yeah. of African American men at heavyweight who were all pathfinders. They were all um, kind of lightning rods for change. And I really yeah. hope that the Texans see fit now to create. Oh, I'm in a statue mood tonight. Another statue <laughs> tonight. The third statue of the night is going to the Galveston Giant, <laughs> the great Jack Johnson. There you go. Cultural corner this week. Brilliantly. Uh, put together there by Gareth, and I hope you enjoyed that. And a little bit of history lesson as well, because we're not just purely about entertainment. There's a little bit of learning here as well. Sometimes it's a school day on this particular show. Um, we've got a little bit of boxing to get stuck into, because you may have seen on Friday, Jamie McDonald was in action, Cal Yafai was in action last night as well, uh, and we've got uh, Selby Warrington. We've not even spoke about Selby Warrington. We'll have to get stuck into that, my friend. Uh, do stick around. It's all coming next on Fight Night. <laughs> You're listening to Fight Night Live on TalkSport. Hope you're well. I'm Adam Catterall. Gareth A. Davies alongside me here at the Echo Arena uh, in Liverpool for UFC Liverpool. We're also talking boxing. Um, and there's been quite a lot uh, going on in the world of boxing over the last seven days. Uh, last week, my friend, you were not alongside me because you decided to go and hang out with the Gypsy King, didn't you? Yeah. You got, you got off a plane from America. You landed. You didn't come and hang out with me. No, you went to Ellen Road. And to be fair to you... What a fight you got. What a fight. What a fantastic performance from Josh Warrington. I said in the build-up to it, he would need to summon up the ghost of Kostya Zub um, and Ricky Hatton, that famous night in Manchester from years and years and years ago, which really propelled Ricky into, the, into superstardom. Um, and I thought that that would be the only way that he could go and, and win a fight against Lee Selby. I think 99 times out of 100, Lee Selby would probably win the fight, but that was Josh Warrington's night. He turned up, he he smothered the work from the first belt and he was absolutely sensational man yeah it was incredible to be there and you know um i think like you say that the, if you if you summon the the spirit of ricky hatton who um, by the way randomly i saw in town last night in manchester i were out having a few drinks and ricky was knocking about with his brother just thought i'd bring that up anyway carry on no it's always <laughs> great to listen um uh, the Guinness many, was flowing, that's all I'll uh, say. It's always flowing. <laughs> I've, had, I've had a few nights with them in Nine Fine Irishmen in New York, New York, in a uh, hotel in Las Vegas. Listen, whenever you mention the name Ricky Hatton, it puts a smile on my face and, and, a, and a kind of gladness in my heart And because that guy gave us in our industry an amazing five or six years. What a roller coaster. Yeah, I mean, you know, you go backwards from Pacquiao, Manny Pacquiao to Floyd Mayweather and then, you know, the career. I mean, I remember covering his... I covered his pro debut, Adam, at Bowler's yeah, Nightclub in, in Manchester, Manchester yeah. where um, it feels like a maze when you drive in there and you kind of get out as quickly as you can after midnight. I, that was one of the few car parks I've ever been terrified in. <laughs> but there you go. But um, no, no, great to hear Ricky and uh, Ricky and his, his brother, brother Matt. Matt, of yeah, course, yeah. out enjoying themselves. Um, the where were we? Oh yeah, Selby, Selby Warrington. We're back to Sorry, it was yeah. me taking you off on a tangent there because it was all about the ghost of Ricky Hatton Costa Zoo, and that's exactly well, what we saw last week. A f- friend of mine, John Evans, who's a fine writer, had actually put Billy Graham together with um, with Josh Warrington in the build wow. up to that fight. He thought it might help him to go over there and have a chat. In fact, they spent the day together in the end, and Billy had talked him through. Um, the game plan for Costa Zoo and, 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 and you focusing and drawing on the power of your home crowd yeah. and, and not being nervous, but just drawing on that energy. Well, Josh did all of that 
to walk in with Lucas Radaby, who I met, who's a fantastic character and man, and yeah, yeah. I'm a very upright man. Um, the, you know, the Kaiser Chiefs playing. The atmosphere was just perfect for him. Sun was shining, stadium fine, It was a great beautiful. night. I mean, you, when you think about it, this year, Famir Khan and, uh, bless me, Famir <laughs> Khan and... <laughs> That's a little bit of hospitality coming back, just in case you're listening to the show. It's a good job, we're, up, we're after nine you, o'clock at night. I'll tell you what, <laughs> <laughs> t- excuse me, listeners, I'll tell you what, though, I had a lovely dinner just now. Um, the, um, the, the atmosphere was amazing. What we learned in this fight was that we underrated Josh Warrington's boxing, because yep. actually he outboxed, he outboxed him. Yeah, he did. He Lee did. Selby. He did. Lee Selby at 31, um, his career went off path a little bit for me and couldn't make the weight well enough. But Warrington harnessed all those things and he came out and he produced a performance. That may be his Everest moment, but he pr- produced a performance yeah. which said, I can box, I have high intelligence. And when I, can, I'm, I can beat elite because Selby's elite. Well, that wasn't an elite Selby we saw. No, not I don't at want to all. take anything away from Warrington. He beat Lee Selby, though. Uh, but he beat Lee Selby. Yeah, yeah. I mean, every insider, I, don't, I can't see anyone looking back, any, any boxing insiders that picked Josh Warrington to win that fight. So it, the fact Not on it, points in the way that he did, no. no not I mean, by outboxing him. He was fantastic. It, I think it was, it, was a, it was a fairly close fight in some ways, but if, when you look at it in the generality... Warrington beat him up. Yep. Um, he was aggressive early on. I think he could have been warned for the use of his head, which he yeah, never maybe. was. Maybe. But that's home advantage. That's what I'm saying about Anthony Joshua fighting Wilder. Ah, yeah. Home advantage. Mike Alexander swayed by the crowd. What Warrington did brilliantly, he drew Selby onto him, yeah. kept his guard Which high. is normally the way around. Exactly. That's what and, Selby and does. We didn't see those changes of pattern which we normally see from elite fighters. Selby couldn't do it. And what Warrington also did, I thought really eye-catchingly, when he did attack, he let loads of combinations go. Yeah. A lot of those punches missed, you know. They didn't all land, but he looked amazing doing yeah. it. And he ended up being able to even take a rest in about round six and seven yeah. and just sit back a little bit, and he ran away with the fight in no. the end. And, and well I thought him. it was an amazing performance. Well done him. Um, yeah, and the great thing is he's developed a following now in Leeds, or a lot of first-time boxing fans there. I mean, it was an amazing place to be. And I've got to say, I've got to commend the fans was worried about, you know, are, are there a lot of Leeds United football hooligans, this, that, and the other. They were impeccable. Super. They were such great fun. In fact, I was finding it hard to get into my car afterwards. <laughs> People were trying to drag us into the town centre or the city centre. And you refrained from I a did. party? I did. Oh, my God. once I get on the tequila, there ain't no that, driving home. That, that's it, You man. know that. That's it. Um, <laughs> I know that it's a great celebration, and Frank will be delighted with uh, Josh Warrington winning and becoming the IBF um, champion. But it does create a little bit of a headache uh, for Frank. Oh, it's with, a good headache, Adam. With the Carl Frampton situation. It's a good headache to have. You don't take Josh out of Leeds. You don't take Carl really out of Belfast. I mean, you could put Carl at Ellen Road, but he, he's obviously been promised the Windsor uh, Park fight in August. Then you look around who's available. You can't take Selby up there because he's nothing to offer Carl now. He doesn't have a world title. Oscar Valdez is out injured, who's the WBO champion, which would be perfect. Santa Cruz is fighting Abner Mares. That's tied up. Who's available? The only other one was fighting at the weekend, just gone over in the States, in Gary Russell Jr. And he doesn't fight outside of the God, States. he looks good at the moment. He does Gary look good, but he doesn't come out of the States. He's being number one in that division He doesn't come moment. out of the States, though. No. He doesn't fight frequently enough. He wants to fight for Hampton, though. He told me oh, when I was at the Deontay Wilder-Lewis Ortiz fight in New York. Well, that's York, the fight. If he wants it, that's the fight to make. Gary yeah, Russell Jr. Yeah. for the WBC. I, I, I think you're spot on. And uh, Valdez won't be fit enough. Oscar Valdez, the WBO yeah. champion. Broken jaw. He's yeah. going to be... Uh, Probably September time till he's fit again. Um, Gary Russell Jr. coming over to Windsor Park. 
uh, in, in Belfast would be amazing. Whether they are going to have to pay him huge bucks to come oh, it'll be massive. defending champion have to. is another matter. Because the, the, I agree with you, and I think Russell, Russell, it's very hard to split that group at the moment. Russell, it's Leo Santa Cruz. I've got a soft spot for Leo Santa Cruz. I think he's a great champion. Mm-hmm. And I can't pick between who's the number one in those two at the moment. I think mm. um, you, Valdez is just below, and I think Frampton, you know, we know Frampton's coming to the end. Just as a featherweight in your early 30s, you look at the likes of Barry McGuigan and some of these other guys. They were at their very best in their late 20s. Once you're in your 30s, we saw that with Selby last week. You know, Josh Warrington, four or five years on, on Selby. Once you're in your 30s, Selby naturally probably walks around about 11 stone. Yeah. So once you're at that age, Frampton's been very realistic in the last few months and said, look, I've probably only got a couple couple of three got to be big. big fights they've left. Got to they've be all big, got yeah. to be big. Gary Russell Jr., Leo Santa Cruz rematch. If he has to go to America, take it in America. And then the, and then another big fight. Let's have Josh Warrington built a little bit. It'll be the the arena fight next, mm. uh, Frank was saying. Yeah, Frank yeah, yeah. was saying. Because they can't go outdoors in Leeds because the pitch is being prepared yeah, yeah, yeah. for the beginning of the season, which I believe is middle of August normally, isn't August, it? August, September, yeah. Yeah, so they can't go out there again. So he'll go back into the arena. People will be fighting over tickets. He defends the belt. Kid Galahad, I think of Yuvar. That's a shout. He's number three in the in the rankings. But for Warrington, you're talking now. Kid Galahad's a shout. Kid Galahad, yeah. all, all, all Yorkshire fight. You know, yeah, of course, yeah. he's a Sheffield boy. Um, another one who's boxed out of the Ingle gym. Yeah. Um, that would be a terrific fight. Um, but, you know, upwards and onwards for, for, for Josh Warrington uh, and, and his father, Sean, of course, who yeah. really deserve, deserves great credit. In fact, I grabbed him for you on the yeah, show last week. And he was great. It was great to hear Joe Gallagher, him getting the praise from Joe Gallagher. Yeah. It's always great to hear trainer to trainer. Um, so, for me, um, the featherweight division, well, we, go to, we get to this moment where I'm just going, tournament. Yeah. Tournament. No, absolutely, mate. But, absolutely. But it's a great time for the featherweight mm. division. Speaking of tournaments, we're guaranteed in the World Boxing Super Series to have the bantamweights. Now, on Friday afternoon, which was brilliant if you're a big fight fan, because over in Japan, with the time difference, one o'clock in the afternoon, you put the telly on, and then you can uh, obviously get stuck into a little bit of Jamie McDonnell against uh, Noya Inoue. Inoue, for those in the industry, we knew how good this guy was, right? We knew how good he was. But right now, Inoue is absolutely sensational. Absolutely yes, sensational. Absolutely. Well, look, I put the kettle on and I went for a wee-wee and the fight was over. He was brilliant. It, look. He's and not, for me, he's, he's the best in that yeah, bantamweight division. I think he beats Tete. I well, think he beats Burnett. I think he beats them all. Well, look, he's come up from Superfly. We wondered how good he was going to be. Um, but he is so dangerous. That left hook comes from nowhere. People don't see it. Yeah, McDonald had travelled to Japan, stunned early on. Obviously, everyone was in tears afterwards because it was, you know, it's a long journey. But I think that journey to Japan often affects a lot of boxers. Mm. It's where Mike Tyson lost all those years ago yeah. in 1990. And, you know, Jamie McDonnell had said to, to Eddie Hearn, I want the biggest fight for the most money. And obviously, he was the defending champion. He went there, was it sixth defense or something, the WBA. And, you know, he's called a monster for good reason in Nui. He is an absolute beast. He's got incredible this the, this, power. This was he the was first four time. Shorter. Yeah, it was the first time at bantamweight, though. So therefore, you could think to yourself, is he going to travel up the weights quite well? Because well, that's he's what only Eddie a, was banking on. He's that's only a small guy. On. Yeah, yeah. Um, and McDonald's heck. a big bantamweight as well. Yeah, he's yeah, a yeah. tall bantamweight. Put yeah, it that yeah. way. So, and he took care of him within one round, just in case you didn't know what yeah, happened in that fight. And Anui goes into the tournament now. 
arguably as the favourite. Mm. You know, in the WBSS. Um... Oh, people will have their opinions, obviously. I mean, Tete's fantastic, and he's probably in stature-wise, phys- physically, very similar to Jamie, where he well, is even taller. Yeah, he's taller, he's longer, and he can whack. Um, will he be able to deal with the the inside fighting of Inui? I don't think he can. I think Inui's just an absolute pit bull. I the really toughest do. thing, Adam, is for Inui is going to be fighting in Europe and fighting in America. That's a good shout. Fighting over yeah, because he's not done it outside of moment, Asia. He's yeah. had he, he's he's had the Japanese. Yeah. He's, you know, he's had the land of the rising sun. Yeah, gets up in the morning, everything's on his side. And it's that travel difference. It's how people's waters change when they go to a different That's concert. A good point. We've seen it over and over again. But yeah. you know what? His addition to the tournament, Jamie might get back in any, anyway, even though he's talking about going up a weight division now, yeah, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah. His Inui's in, 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 enrolment in the tournament is just brilliant as far as I'm concerned. Mm. And we haven't for, uh, forgot about you either, Cal uh, Absolutely sensational Cal uh, in America last night. Brilliant. And I did like the fact that he was on the uh, undercard of Noen Anghahas. I'll try and get my pronunciation right, my friend. Was that poor? And cajas. And cajas. And cajas. Who, by the way, is literally a carbon copy of Manny Pacquiao. He's absolutely <laughs> frightening, that kid. And to be fair, let's make that fight. Let's get that on, eh? Yeah. Absolutely. The superflies super are flying right now. And Cal yeah. Yafai is in that mix. No, absolutely. Look, he's, he's not given enough credit for, for, for what he's achieved. And it always happens with the little guys. But, you know... I, I think it would be remiss of us if we didn't mention Kel Brook as well, by the way, mm. who obviously is out later in the summer. Jarrett Hurd, I was at his fight with... Um, Stay away from that, Kel. I tell you what, Stay he's away a from long, that. dangerous Stay, fighter. He's six foot one and he's making yeah, 154 no, pounds. That's beast. ridiculous. Um, but you know what? If Kel wants to challenge himself, go for it, is what I say. There you go. Uh, do stick around. We've still got a little bit uh, to come on Fight Night Live. We're at the Echo Arena, just in case you can hear some things going on in the background with people interviewing other fighters that have been in the octagon and what have you, uh, because it's been UFC Liverpool this evening, and we've had a crack, and we'll tell you all about it next. Don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. I want to bring it to Anfield. <laughs> so, white <clears throat> America's amazing. I've never fought there. The pay-per-views are in, we all know, Las Vegas and Madison Square Garden, but... Why, why can't I be the guy to, to bring the UFC to an arena, a stadium here, here in England, here in Liverpool? Why can't I do that? Why? Who's telling me I can't? It, do you know what I mean? It doesn't matter who you are. I'll say, F*** you, and, and I don't care. It, to me, I want, I want a stadium event to happen, a pay-per-view at Anfield. That, that, I've had the dream of the Echo. That's, that's been done now. Now it's Anfield, so, you know, Dana's the boss, but manifestation, that's what it's all about. There you go, Darren Till uh, talking Paul's fight here in Liverpool um, at his press conference. And quite obviously, he wants to come back to Liverpool and fight in, at Anfield. But uh, a couple of moments before that, we had the boss. And he makes the decisions as the boss, doesn't he? Well, listen, I, I did ask him, didn't I, Adam, at the press conference. I asked Dana White, um, what next for Darren Till? And he said, Las Vegas. And I said, well, adamantly. And he yeah. said, yeah, definitely. He's not going anywhere. Well, let's, look, be, let's be honest, look, from a UFC point of view, it makes perfect business sense. He has, to go to, he has to go to Vegas. That's where the money is. It, he has to go to Vegas. They want to promote him in America now in real time. Because he's pay-per-view uh, now, man. He is pay-per-view in America. I think he'll, he'll never fight a worse style for him than that in the welterweight division. Mm. Stephen Thompson is so awkward, as he said himself. But the thing is, Darren Till wants an Anfield fight. That's the fight to bring the likes of Tyron Woodley yeah. here mm. and get your 65,000 here is it, or does he, Or does he get Anfield if he is the champion? For example, like Bisping for years and years and years attempted to become the champion. He becomes the champ and then he gets to call the shots and he got us back 
to Manchester, obviously in the early hours of the morning, as we were talking about a little earlier on in the show. Yeah. But he got it back here, and he's technically his home city. I know he's a clear boy, but he's technically his home city yeah. to defend his crown. Does Darren have to win the belt to get it to Anfield? Maybe, but what, what he's got to do more than anything, the UFC, remember, they are about, we heard it from Dana White tonight, we heard it about different fighters, we talked about Yaya Rodriguez going yeah. out of the organisation. He's a fantastic he's a young, fighter. Fantastic young fighter. Fighters cannot refuse fights. Fighters are, it's a market economy. The UFC have always been about market economy. If Darren Till is selling big, if Darren Till is a star in America after a fight or two, he will be able to call the shots more. Yeah. Look what happened with Conor McGregor, yeah, the absolutely. Irishman, who, who took the whole um, thing by storm and the UFC got behind him for him, to fight Conor Mag- uh, for him to fight Floyd Mayweather in a mega fight. Darren Till has produced a great performance tonight, incredibly composed, he was great afterwards, Adam. Yeah. He's a very honest man. Yeah, yeah. He's a very honest fighter. He saw that exactly how I saw that. Extremely tight, very close, probably won on that last round with the knockdown. I'll tell you what, I advise people to go and look at the, 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 the final stats from that fight. They are so close. Mm. That knockdown in the fifth round was great for him. But what the, I love to hear the realism. I love to hear he's a guy who, who dreams and visualizes. Yeah. We heard that from Conor McGregor two or three years ago. It's about self-belief. You know, 95% of fight sports is mental, and he has so got it. Mm. And he's got a great team behind him. That would have been a very difficult 48 hours for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's produced. Mm. And I think from here, he rises. Mm. He really can rise, and he's got everything. But I tell you what, the way he fought Stephen Thompson tonight was so composed, so clever. He never overcommitted. And he, yeah, he, he didn't bully him, but. If you were looking at the generality of that fight, mm-hmm. he was the harder, stronger, faster, more aggressive fighter, mm. and he deserved the victory as a result. No, absolutely. And he mentioned the, uh, the atmosphere here tonight. I mean, we've been to many fight sports occasions, boxing events, UFC events, Bellator events, you name it, we've been and sat there and watched it. And there was, there was moments there of that Conor McGregor feeling. When Conor McGregor walks out, there's a different vibe. Okay, we've been to Anthony Joshua, Joshua fights, and we've talked about that, there being a different de- de- demographic of fan. There wasn't a different demographic of fan, let's say, tonight. I think the, these guys are all hardcore MMA, UFC fans, of course. But there's a different vibe when Connor walks out, and we saw that tonight. Yeah, he changed his music up. He went away from Phil Collins. He went for a bit of Neil Diamond. But I've never seen it. It was like being at a football game. When he walked out, it was like being at a football match, and we don't get that at the UFC. What we, what we got tonight... When the UFC goes to a new city, a new venue, we do get this incredible outpouring of joy mm. from the fans. Um, because of the Sweet Caroline, the Neil Diamond song, it really does rouse everyone. It's, it's, a, it's not a vicious anthem. It's a celebration of fight of sports. We saw, you're doing the karaoke. That's what exactly. you're doing, my friend. We, we, we saw a compelling mixed martial arts chess dance tonight between two brilliant young athletic fighters um and you know i've got to say a word about uh, stephen thompson has been magnanimous throughout Mate. the whole thing he could have pulled out of this event quite clearly um I've, I've, and said I've, i'm not doing it i said yeah. yesterday everything about that man is class everything about him and th- you can love fighters for whatever reasons whether they are like connor and they're brash and they're in your face and all that type of stuff but the, the, the there's a there's a root uh, a core value within mixed martial arts and it's probably the, one of the main reasons as to why I'm a fan of it the respect shown between 
each man that does make the octagon walk or the ring walk and just how they carry themselves. The mixed martial arts gives so much to so. It's not about just whacking somebody in the face. There's, there's so m- much given spiritually to these human beings that participate in these sports. And Stephen Thompson has been the epitome of that all week. He's been absolutely bang on. I've been waiting a year and a half for you to talk, use the word spiritual. Oh, mate. There you go, because I bang on about that all the time. You're so right. Do you know what? There were times during that fight tonight, Adam. I mean, I love a chess match in, in fight sports, be it mixed martial arts or kickboxing or boxing, because when you're ringside, when you're cage side, when you're yeah. octagon side, it's so compelling. Yeah, it is. You can't take your eyes off it. More so, more so, both, more so ringside and octagon side than watching it on the TV. I'll, oh, I'll, absolutely. 100%, because you can see the whites of their eyes and the way they're thinking. They both gave the impression that they loved doing what yeah, they, they do did. tonight as well. At times, there might have been the odd second where they felt like they were, they were almost in an exhibition bout yeah. because they were enjoying themselves, they were expressing themselves, they applauded each other at their spinning kicks <laughs> that missed, they applauded each No, it was... Yeah. The, the, Darren Till is a very rough, very tough man, but when he talks martial arts, when he talks about other fighters... Man, he's so respectful. Mm. And, and that's what this sport's all about. That's why yeah. fight sports has a place in our society. Mm-hmm. It changes people. It mm. revolutionizes things. Mm. It transforms people. And it inspires other people not to do bad things. And I insist on that. No, absolutely. And what um, a fantastic um, interview we did give post-fight. I mean, bear in mind, this is the biggest fight night of his life, without any shadow of a doubt, in front of his home fans. The reception he's just had, he's just beaten the number one contender. And then he sits down there and says, listen, at the end of the day, I'm embarrassed about missing weight. He addressed all those issues. Fantastic. He then paid absolute unbelievable tribute to him, uh, his opponent, should I say, and other people in the division. And then not only that, he then says that his opponent that he's just beat probably deserves a title shot before him. How how many young 25-year-olds would be able to do that right now rather than get carried away? Well, not many. I mean, but but the the key is... The majority would be going crazy right now, wouldn't they? He... Look, we've seen with Conor McGregor, the fight he had with Floyd Mayweather almost sent him over the cliff to enjoy himself. He's, he's still swimming in that still ocean enjoying out it. there yeah, yeah. He, on his speedboat, doing what, you know, metaphorically doing whatever he wants to do. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Darren Till is that kind of character. I think he's very, very grounded. Yeah. In fact, some of his movement today was like a, a kind of 195-pound, 200-pound Conor McGregor. I loved the way he bounced on his toes. Mm. As he said, it was a Muay Thai fight against a karate expert. Mm. You know, we ended up with kind of a bit of everything. I think he has such a presence of mind. As I said, I go back to this... My, my image of him is a man who he's almost got a second life because he was stabbed six years ago, yeah. nearly died, and he loves what he does. Mm. He clearly loves doing it. And I've known Colin uh, Heron a long time, his he's coach. Training, yeah. Terry Etim in his corner, mm. UFC Mike fighter. Mike was there as well. One of the early stars of the mm. UFC from Liverpool, along with Paul Kelly, Paul Sass and others, all come out of that gym, the, the K-Bond gym. It's been... It's just a great night for Liverpool, a great night for mixed martial arts, and it's incredible that it's taken the UFC so long to come to Liverpool, which really mm. is, you know, I know you're from, from just down you know, the near way. Manchester, just, just down, down the, the road, way. but it really is one of the big fight towns, uh, mm. fight cities in our country. No, absolutely, and uh, hopefully they will be back. I don't think it'll be any time soon, because as Dan has told us, he's off uh, uh, to Viva Las Vegas. He's uh, our boy Darren Till. He no question about up. that. I, I mean, I'm going to pull up um, the, the, the UFC uh, welterweight division. I think he ranks and ma- matches up so well 
to the entire division. Mm. I mean, Darren's just beaten the number one contender, okay, the, the number one challenger in the division. Yeah. Um, well, you've you, got you've got obviously Rafael dos Anjos against Colby Covington, which is coming up in a couple of weeks' time, and that is technically an interim title fight. So therefore, you would automatically think that they would get the next title shot. Maybe not. You've it got. Would not, it would not surprise me to see Darren Till fight one in of those? Vegas. No, Robbie Lawler. Do you think? Great opponent for him. Great Legend of the game, yeah. Robbie will. St- I know Robbie's been beaten recently, but Robbie's r- number three in the, the ranking. The thing with Robbie yeah. is, uh, style, style wise, you know that he ain't going to run. He'll stand no, in the middle of the octagon and he'll, sta- he'll stand and bang with him. But we, we've seen that from Darren Till, that he's so versatile with his styles. Mm. Tonight, yep. he played it very smart. They both counterpunched all the way through. Good point. Um, Good shout. You know, Damian Myers out there, tricky opponent for yep. anyone. Jorge Masvidal, great style. Um, Santiago Ponzinibbio. Santiago Ponzinibbio. And there's normally a reason why they put another welterweight on the card. Neil Magny yeah, could be Yeah, he's on fire at the moment. Yeah, he is. In Vegas yes, as well. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Um, but I think Darren Till matches up brilliantly mm. against all those, all the way up to Tyron Woodley. Listen, there's lots to get excited about, and we're probably going to finish this show now. We're going to go for a bit of beer, and we're going to uh, enjoy it even more and continue talking about the nuances of this welterweight division that Darren Till now has definitely established his name as one of the leading lights without any shadow of doubt. If there was any doubts before, there's no doubts now. He's just beaten the number one. Fair play to Darren Till. It's definitely his night, and long may he party into uh, the early hours with his Liverpool people. Uh, they've definitely earned it. In fact, we've all earned it. You've earned it as well. Wherever you are right now, go get yourself home and get yourself a beer and go celebrate go and watch the fight again let's get all carried away on this down until trend because something very special is happening we're all going to vegas next i'll have a word with the boys at Talksport. we'll get on the bus we'll have a little trip we'll have a right old scream eh? what do you reckon cannot wait to go to vegas it'll be memorable it'll be historic mm. and this is the guy that will take legions of mma fans into america into las vegas the home of the ufc uh in the next few months and this is the beginning of a new era under Darren Till. There you go. Uh, thank you so much for listening to us on TalkSport tonight. This has been Fight Night Live. I know it's been UFC heavy, but we're at the UFC event. Uh, there was a little <laughs> bit of boxing that we uh, sprinkled in there, of which you can catch on our podcast, because Tony Bell, you rocked up earlier on for a little bit of a chat. Uh, all good stuff. Uh, and make sure you come back and join us next week, because there's lots more boxing fights to uh, get excited about. We're obviously going to be building up to the return of the Furious one in a couple of weeks, June the 9th in Manchester. It is, of course, Tyson Fury. Uh, and you can get all that and all the chat right here on TalkSport with me and Gareth on Fight Night. Enjoy your evening. We'll catch you next time. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.